Welcome to the Beef Brunch Educational Series podcast, bringing you information on cattle production and management in Louisiana and surrounding states. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining this morning's Beef Brunch Educational Series webinar. My name is Ashley Edwards, and I'm an extension agent and coordinator of animal science programs in the Northeast, Northwest, and Central uh, regions for the LSU Ag Center. Our speaker today is Mr. Bradley Pousson. He is an associate extension agent in Jeff Davis, Cameron, and Calcasieu parishes. Bradley will be speaking on hurricane recovery efforts seen after hurricanes Laura and Delta. A few housekeeping notes before we get started. We will be muting your microphones. We ask that you please keep them muted throughout the webinar. If you are joining us online via the Teams app or link, please enter your questions into the Q&A box at any time during the presentation. If you are calling in, you may text your questions to me at 512-818-5476. Again, if you're calling in, you can text your questions to me at any time during the webinar. That number is 512-818-5476. In the interest of time, we're going to wait um, to answer any questions until the end of the presentation. With that, Bradley, uh, thank you for taking the time to be with us this morning. You should be able to begin whenever you're ready. Thank you, Ashley, for having me this morning. Um, most of y'all, I'm pretty sure, have seen everything, or whether it be on Facebook, news, uh, any kind of social media outlet, everything that's been going on down here in Southwest Louisiana, Southwest Louisiana and then uh, going up into some of the northern parishes as well. There's been some extensive damage also, whether it was timber or downs, uh, some kind of structural damage. With that, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, we need to look at the past first. And when I say look at the past, there are some things that always come up for a present for some kind of present event. So we had to think back to the, the three main storms we've had, Rita, Ike, and Harvey. Rita was the big one. Uh, we always thought Rita was the big one coming in at category three and then slowly went down. Then we had Ike in 2008, which Ike hit mainly in Galveston area, which brought in a lot of water in our area. And then Harvey was mainly a rainy. Remember Harvey started off in Houston, then swung back to the east and dumped massive, massive amounts of rain on top of us. So we got to think what was significant about each one. Was there a big surge? Well, we know what was Rita, Knight. How long did it take for our pastures to recuperate? Um, that was actually a big thing because we were in the middle of recuperation from Rita and then we got Ike in 2008, so that set us back even more. Then we got to look at what was also the overall damage. Uh, was it structure? Was it wind? Was it water? So in 2005, there were two big name storms. Everybody remembers Katrina that hit New Orleans area and then there was Rita that hit here. Southwest Louisiana. These were two different types of storms. When I say two different types, Katrina had levee breaches which flooded New Orleans. It was a huge storm, brought in a lot of amounts of water, really the wind damage. Rita was wind destruction. Um, there were some reports for Rita, there was a 15-foot surge. I mean, no matter wherever you look, there's always some different records of what exactly happened. Okay, Rita sat in the area for 10 to 12, 12 uh, to 14 hours, excuse me, 
but also drastically lost momentum. It started off as a five when it hit, came in at a three, and then as it came over Lake Charles, it went down to a one. So you lose that storm lost a lot of momentum, which those of y'all that know Laura, Laura and Delta, we'll talk about that here and shortly. In 2008, we had Hurricane Ike. The wind damage was not there. Um, we were so far off from where the eye was. However, the storm surge from the outside pushing in salt water uh, was the real color for this one. Um, parts like Charles had flooded that had flooded that didn't flood for Rita. So again, you look at two different type of storms. One had water that went all the way to Lake Charles where Rita didn't. Um, and then 17, we had Harvey, which was just fresh water down 12 to 15 inches in our area. Um, then after, what's always funny, you gotta look about after the storm, after Harvey, uh, we didn't see a drop of rain for six weeks. So we had 12 to 15 inches and then nothing for six weeks. So we actually went into a D1 drought after that. So when you set the standard of how you prepare for a storm, you got to look at what the standards were. Rita was a standard. So we always base our plans on these past experiences. Now we have, we do have a new standard with Laura. Uh, we always thought Rita was the big one. Well, not anymore. Laura definitely was the big one. Um, everybody can say what they want. It came in at category four, but the gusts, there were some records now, this is hearsay, this is no, but there were some gusts up to 200 miles an hour in some areas. So you got to think about when it came in at 140 compared to 200 miles, it, uh, it gets a a lot of there's a lot of information out there that will contradict what everybody says. So the amount of tornadic activity compared to Rita was tremendous. Uh, probably another 200 more tornadoes were active during the storms. This supposedly was the largest storm surge known to hit the area. However, if y'all remember watching the Weather Channel, Jim Cantori, the mass the storm surge that was predicted was Lake Charles was supposed to be completely flooded. Um, that's pretty far north, pretty far inland than anything we've seen before. Thank goodness they got that wrong. If there was any saving grace about that, they got that wrong. Um, it did hit North Louisiana at a category one, which I'm sure some of y'all in the northern part of the state uh, never seen before, which it's one of those things that we didn't know what was gonna happen. Rita hit and then it drastically um, went down drastically. Laura, as soon as she came in, she was out. Hit at two o'clock in the morning, then six hours later, we could drive back into town. So there's a lot of differences between these storms. Um, if Laura would have sat like Rita did, there would probably be nothing left standing in Southwest Louisiana. So how should you prepare for something like this? You need to look mainly at three parts. You got to figure out where you're going. You need a, some kind of evacuation plan. Um, there's always the during. Once you evacuate, then what we do. Then, of course, the aftermath. Once you come back, you got to figure out what we need to do to get back where we once were. Evacuation is probably one of the most important. I would say one of the most important ones if you're going to do these in order. Uh, this is probably actually third. 
you just get out. Figure out a plan to get out. Um, does not play, pay for hotel rooms for cattle. Always have a safe place for them that you can easily get into in case you need to get in at a reasonable time and get them back out. Um, don't be scared to call your friends. You know, we're in the in the ag world. We got friends all over the country that are willing to help, especially in dire in dire situations like we had. And just like you evacuate and plan for an extended stay, always think that, all right, I'm not going to be able to get back the day after and bring them back home. So they need to stay for at least a few months and then where you can figure out what do you need to do after that. Um, if you do decide to leave them, you need to know that always have some high ground. If for, like, for lore, they're forecasting eight to 10 foot surge in Lake Charles, okay? We planned for that flood. We expected the water to be that high. Um, try to shut off animals from structures. As you can see in this picture, this is from one of my producers. He actually turned his horses out with the cows in some bigger lots, but yet a piece of tin from a barn a mile away had flew and had cut the horse's neck. Horse is fine, by the way. Um, she actually is completely healed now. Always be prepared for feed issues if you do leave them. There's going to be lameness, there's going to be cuts, you're going to have down fences that you have to get in back and repair. Now the waiting game. This is where the actual planning comes into play for the after. All right. Once cattle are removed and your house is secure, you need to start making those phone calls I talked about. Call your friends. See if there's anything they can help you with, whether it be hauling them out if you got to come back and pick some more up, uh, hay and feed. If they're going to be in a place for an extended, extended period of time, you need to make sure they're fed. Um, a lot of cattle after had moved to some 20-acre lots, 20-acre tracks, traps, just to hold them there temporarily. Those cattle can, if you got 50 head staying in a 20-acre track, you will not be able to leave them there for very long. But always expect, and always expect the worst. All right, you can say what you want to. It's coming in at category three or four. All right, we know what a damage of two can do. We know what a three can do. But if it says coming in at four, it's going to be worse than what it was before. We cannot go back on those standards that were set by previous storms. Now, here's where it gets a little fun. You got to go back in and evaluate. You're going to see some stuff that you didn't think you'd ever see. But evaluation is the key. Always try to keep your wits about you. Normally the day after is when you start to see water coming in further inland. This is where a lot of back flood water comes in. Uh, we didn't actually have that for Laura. Uh, the water did not come up nearly as bad as we did for Rita and I, which was, a, I guess, kind of an underlying blessing. Uh, after though, the day after there were some showers that had come in and uh, those that didn't have roofs on their houses got rainwater in the house and they couldn't get back in time. So if you do have a flood, it will take time for water to recede. Uh, again, no two storms are the same. I can't help but re reiterate that because of the fact that we had the standard with Rita, we went off of Rita and Ike, and then now we have something totally different. Uh, 
Always have your mosquito control board on standby. If there was masses amounts of water, rainwater, uh, surge, you will have a mosquito issue. Uh, we saw it after Laura, and we also saw it after Delta. Try to find and keep insect control products on hand. Um, again, mosquitoes will be, and the list just keeps going on and on because there's always things we think about way after that. Oh, we should have done, we should have done this. I should have had some post on and in a safe place to where I could get to them in case I got to build fence. It's there's always things that pop up after the fact that we didn't experience for the first one. So here's a few pictures of what to expect. This is some of the marshes uh, below the intercoastal. Uh, to the left, you'll see a nice stand of roseau cane. Um, to the right, you'll see the after effect. Uh, water and the wind just pushed it and rolled it in areas. This is actually off the road and um, on the way to Creole. One of the things a few weeks after when you go to do cleanup or trying to move trees or tear down barns, uh, especially if you had a lot of rain from a storm, you might have some tractor issues. Um, also, when it starts drying up and everything comes up, you always get an infestation of insects. I always said, I said earlier, keep those insect control products on hand. Um, if you got some good grass coming up, well, you're going to have a little worm issue to where you might not have any grass after. <clears throat> so this is all after the fact. Um, came in, we evacuated, we waited, we come back in, evaluated. So this is some of the things we got to think about what a lot of decisions have to be made. Uh, for Rita, we have, there was thousands of deaths of cattle that people just couldn't go back in and get out. There are some things different that happened with Rita that happened with Laura. Producers did a very good job with this one, getting cattle out, only 100, about 130 head had died. We, uh, and then some were some, we counted were some evacuated cattle that those that evacuated through Evangeline and Acadia parishes that had um, mosquito problems. Uh, we ran into some, some problems with mosquito, too much mosquitoes. Who would have thought too much mosquitoes could kill cattle, but it, uh, sure enough, it did. The fence infrastructure damage was tremendous. Um, this is one of the things that we never could prepare for. I mean, you think you build a sturdy barn that could withstand 120 miles, then 121 mile wind is what really does it in. Uh, as I mentioned before, with some relief efforts, uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of donated materials sent down to us, which was greatly appreciated by those around the state. I just want to reiterate and clarify that. Um, cannot thank can, cannot thank anybody enough for what all they've done for us. So we made the calls. Hey, was sent again. These are some things that pop up that were asked for on the right. Uh, we ran into. I mean, we have a lot of pump systems down here to run water for cattle. Uh, when you don't have electricity, you don't have a pump. Uh, you, our well's not working, so therefore a lot of generators are needed to run pumps. And then when you get a generator, you got to have fuel for generators. Uh, we have a lot of cattle congregated 
in traps just to be able to hold them over until we decided what to do. Uh, feeding hay was sent and it was put to good use. Again, thank y'all for that. The biggest thing we're focusing on, especially right now, is fencing supplies. With COVID and uh, everything going on around the country, these fence suppliers, these fence supply suppliers, I guess I should say, uh, have been on, I guess, overdrive trying to get us up. We're trying to locate posts and buy them at cost to be able to sell back to our producers to be able so they can start getting back down and what is a some kind of normal um, water source if needed when you have a massive amount of salt water um, it will kill cattle so hauling in water was not really needed this go around but again when you got a pump electric pump to to pump water for 40 cattle um, you gotta make sure you identify those good water sources um, then we got to look back a few years later down the road. I mean, it's just not now. We got to let water go down. We got to let pastures recuperate. So looking at a good two years down the road, you will, it does take some time to see some changes. Um, I always try to pay, pay very close attention because then we'll see start seeing plants appear that were not there before. Roseau cane is a very big issue down here for us. Extremely, extremely difficult to kill. Uh, it can take over a pasture if there's a little bit of water in it. So just to kind of give you another another view on what to expect, Rose cane was not native to our area. It's actually native to you know Mexico and the islands. So when Rita came in, it passed over the islands. So it brought a lot of seed, brought a lot of plant material with it. Uh, when it came and sat and dumped, well, where that plant material ended up? Ended up in Southwest Louisiana, which therefore when you start researching these plants and find out what their origins, you start learning. Well, basically, the storm brought it in. Um, on the right, you on the right of the slide, you'll see a little bit about what we've been dealing with. Things that popped up even after Rio, sedges were not an issue um, until after Rio. We started seeing a lot more sedges pop up in our area, which is very unheard of. Uh, Research is being, being done on these. Um, we've had we scientists come in, put in spots, those ongoing battles that even after a drought year, something else pops up that wasn't there before. Uh, with that, there's a lot of things I did not cover, which I apologize, but there's also things we still find in every day that um, something changes or something new we don't know about but with that i'll be happy to answer any questions or comments all right thank you so so just a reminder just a that we do have the q a q a box open so if you have any questions um you can go ahead and get those into that q a box or text them to me my number is 512-818 5476. Um, Bradley, I'll, I'll start a question. So, um, God forbid, you know, something like this happens again um, in the near future. If people wanted to donate or wanted to help out um, in the in the case of another hurricane event like this, what's the best way for them to go about doing that? One thing that was done 
Ashley was Farm Bureau put together the hay clearinghouse um, where they producers could submit their names and how much hay was available. And then uh, we would get calls about uh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, when we would get phone calls about um, people say, hey, I got cattle in a certain area. I do need some hay. I do need a little bit of help. We would put those people in the contact with them. Um, also, we set up distribution sites and a place to to bring materials if need be. For Rita, now I, I keep going back to the storms because um, again, one was totally different than another. For Rita and I, we had our local university set up as a distribution site. They had minimal damage for those two storms. For this one, they took significant damage to where buildings are going to have to be demolished and rebuilt. So we were not able to use them this go around. So we had to think outside the box and the uh, Department of Ag was very kind and to help us with uh, setting up a distribution site at a different location than what we're used to. Um, so we just kind of coordinated places to for those guys that, that were calling wanting to send materials and feed and hay, we tried to do the best we could to and find those needs. Perfect, thank you. I don't see any other questions at this time. Um, if you do, if you're watching this uh, through the recording on YouTube, if you do have questions, uh, reach out. My contact information will be down below and I can help put you in contact with Bradley. Um, with that, I guess Bradley, thank you again for your time this morning. Uh, as I just mentioned, we will be posting this recording online in the next few days. It can also be found on uh, the LSU Ag Center Dash Livestock channel on YouTube, as well as our Beef Brunch webpage, which is lsuagcenter.com forward slash beef brunch. Uh, we'll have those listed underneath past webinars. So if you scroll all the way down on that page, you will see past webinars and it will be located there. I should have that up um, by Thursday afternoon. Our next Beef Brunch will be at 1030 a.m. on Tuesday, March 9th. Uh, we plan to have Brian Miller from the Louisiana Department of Ag and Forestry, and he's going to be talking about different ways that producers can sell beef directly in Louisiana. More information on that is going to be posted within the upcoming week under future webinars on that Beef Brunch site. Lastly, if you have any questions regarding the Beef Brunch educational series, please feel free to contact me. My email is akedwards at agcenter.lsu.edu, and I will have that listed in the description on um, on YouTube as well as on our podcast. And so with that, thank you all again so much for joining us today and thank you Bradley for your time. Thank you Ashley, hope to do it again later on.